It's your boy here, Dr. Sean Thomas, again in the building with episode 31 of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And folks, I just got to say thank you for all of the love and support that the show has been uh, given for the last couple of weeks. We started the show in February of this year, and we have grown so much uh, from then until now. Our monthly supporters, thank you so much for supporting uh, your contributions are, are appreciated. I appreciate you for listening. And the show is growing. We have so many friends and family of Be More Today that I'm excited to say that we are uh, further than I thought we'd ever be at this time of the year. So thank you so much for your love and support. And my quotation for today is no different than always, uh, short and sweet. And it's by Zig Ziglar. And it says, lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. So if you have been alive in the last uh, 365 days, life has been crazy. COVID-19, election stuff, Black Lives Matter, who knows what, everything, right? And we've all had to adapt to the new normal, uh, finding ways to make time for ourselves, finding ways to make time for our family, uh, to still get work done while we're taking care of our kids or still take care of ourselves, to get those miles in when we want to just stay home on our Zoom calls all day. We all have the same amount of time to get these things done. But I do think it's interesting that there are people who have used this time to do uh, more uh, advantageous things that they would not have done if COVID had not come by. Uh, The various businesses that I've seen people start up as a result, um, people who have gotten into new hobbies as a result, um, people who have started new businesses as a result. So this COVID-19 has been devastating, clearly, and we've become uh, uh, inundated with so much bad news. But a lot has been happening that's been positive for people as well. And I just got to say to folks who are out there who feel like 2020 has been a wrap. It has not been a wrap. There have been a lot of good things that came out of this year, although it seems like everything has been dull and, and dim. A lot of people have used these same, this, this time to be productive. So when you say you have no time, it's a lie. You got to make time for yourself. Everyone has the same 24 hours to do stuff. Now, I may do a little more than most as my friend on the show today is going to probably (laughs) expound upon, but everyone has the same amount of time to go out there and get things done. So no more excuses. No more talking about who's busier than that person. Get it done. You want to get something done, you make the time and you get it done. When you want to do something, you know you do it. So it's the hard stuff that we have a hard time doing that we don't want to do. So I just encourage you guys to go out there and get these things done. No more excuses. Time is short. We all have the same amount of time. And if you're not getting it done, don't blame time. Don't check your watch and say, maybe it's my watch. I'm doing too many things. We got to find time to make time to do what we want to do and get things done. That's by Zig Ziglar. And my guest today, folks, is is the epitome of that. He's uh, one of my best friends from school and one of my longest, oldest friends. He just had a birthday this week. So it's a big deal for him to be on the show today. His name is Dr. Doug Chang. And Doug Chang is a doctor of dentistry and is the owner of Chang Dental Center, located in Lyle, Illinois. Now, Doug was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, in doctor of dentistry. Clearly, he attended Chokewood Hall. You already know the best school that I talk about in the Northeast. And he went to Augustana College for undergrad. Now, he left college early to attend Iowa Dental and graduated in 2006 with his DDS. 
Since then, he's been a volunteer for Chicago Dental Society Foundation Clinic in 2012, president of a local dental society in 2016, and state dental society trustee in 2019. Doug is a husband, the father of four children, and spends his leisurely time with his family and on the golf course. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to my to the stage, my boy, the birthday boy himself, Doug Chang. Doug, what's going on? Hello, Sean. You are you're so good. You're so eloquent. It's unbelievable. You always have been too. I can't. I don't know where you get it from. It's just natural. I could like watch you talk all day, but maybe oh. that show is so. <laughs> I appreciate that, homie man. Congratulations! Happy birthday! How's it feel? Thank you. Uh, I feel older just because I have so many kids. That. <laughs> You know, I have quadrupled 11-year-olds, and they just, they suck all the time out, uh, every moment of every day. I love them to death, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. hard. To, you got to work those those moments in, like you said. Like, you have to really, you have to sacrifice sometimes in order to get some, some of that alone time that you need. Yeah. You want to do for yourself. You got to fight for those moments. Yeah, yeah. You're waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning now, Sean? Uh, yeah, man. Sometimes four o'clock, depending on the day. Four. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, even today I texted you. You were like, "Why are you awake? <laughs> Why is it so early?" <laughs> so early. Yeah, I'm I'm up, man. But um, I I really want to just say, you know, it's it's been you're one of my oldest friends that I still talk to, and you know, you and I grew up um at a time where we were so young. Uh, so it's just awesome to see your growth and your progression to all the things you've done since then. Um, the reason I had you on the show today is because there's no doubt that you are the epitome of being more today in my mind. Um, you always have been, you know, when we were friends at Choate and when we all met, you know, we had another guest on the show, uh, Parag Shaw, who is one of our, one of our mutual friends. And it's the same uh, concept, us coming together at 15 years old, uh, growing together. And you um, for whatever reason, were someone who I saw that knew what they wanted to do from the jump. Um, I didn't have that when we were at show, but you had that. And and seeing you do all the things you did from swimming or diving, uh, cross country, uh, anything you wanted to put your mind to, you did. And you did really, really well. And I admired that about you. And I think that's why we connected as friends, just because you and I share that same drive of we want to be excellent at whatever we do and we want to take people down <laughs> while we're doing it so it's like it's it's something that i think you and i share and you know from going to jamaica with you to to going to see you and your family and just grow it's just been awesome to watch your progression i'm just happy you're on the show today thanks man you are responsible for that right my diving career third in state you don't do you remember sophomore year i'm like hey what do you think about diving and you're like, well, do you think you'd be good at it? I'm like, yeah, I think I would be really good at it. And you're like, I think you should do it. Yeah. You know, that's like a hundred you. That's crazy. I, I remember the conversation, but I did not remember the conversation until just now when you mentioned it. No. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. And then you got third in the state. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's get into it. I know that you have been doing crazy things, your dentist. So with COVID-19, that's pretty much your entire realm, right? Being in people's mouths. So I wanted you to see how you're doing in terms of your family, um, how COVID-19 affected you guys with the um, your work, clearly, and then 
kind of talk about your dental career and your, your progress, your journey from when I saw you at Choate to where you are now? Yeah, well, I mean, again, you are responsible for so much of my growth. And I think that it's great that you're doing this because you definitely have the ability to affect people in really positive ways. I think it's just something about your approach to life, um, how you talk to people, how you connect with them. You've always been able to inspire, so I'm glad you're doing the show and you're reaching a broader audience. Um, I, I believe in everything that you do. I think that you're going to be amazingly successful uh, at everything that you try. But um, one of the moments, uh, one of the key moments, uh, that's the thing about Cho. Cho, when I was with you, uh, and just at the school in general, there was a lot of like key moments that I felt like really impacted my life. I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, it was like a big turning point. Um, we were at Choate in Parag's and Harold's room. And uh, I would think I was playing a video game and we were all laughing and joking. And, and, and then I think, you know, Parag kind of got quiet and it was like the three of us talking and laughing. And then you left and then, you know, and I was talking to Harold and I, I look over at Harold and he had his head in the book and Prague had hit his head in the book and you were in your room studying. And I was on the video game, like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, you know, we're studying. We, we want to do well. And I was like, well, this is free time. Like we should hang out. We should have fun. We should joke around. And, you know, but when everyone around me was like really motivated to do well, it kind of made me motivated to, I kind of got scared. Like I, I, I'm the, I don't want to do bad either. But up to that point, putting in effort was kind of looked down upon almost like, you know, uh, I heard my son the other day use the term try hard. Have you heard this at all? Mm -mm. It's kind of like a, it's a slight, right? It's a name. Oh, he's a real try hard, you know? Like he, you know, he, he, he tries hard. So, that, mm. but it's like, an, it's in a negative context. Mm. I, did him, I said, Elliot, if anyone calls you a try hard, like I'll give you like $20. I swear. I swear. Like it, it, it's, you know, I, it, more than anything else, I want people to think of you as someone who tries hard. You don't always have to be successful, but go for it. See how, see how well you can do. You might surprise yourself if you fail and you're trying then, you know, that's even more reason to put more effort into it. Don't avoid it, you know, and, and be proud of that because maybe you didn't do as well as you wanted to, but you are doing better than you ever would have if you hadn't tried at all. And the more you try, the greater your efforts will become. And you will never be able to give your best until you start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that moment in CK in that dorm uh, while I was playing uh, the video game, whatever, that was like that moment where I, it, that was kind of like my start, where I was like, I had never really stuck my head in a book before. And it wasn't very good, you know, for a couple of years when I was doing it. But, you know, Choate really promoted growth more than anything else. Mm. And boy, I tell you, like, Choate, was helped me grow tremendously and then when I went to college those study habits that I had developed I took to Augustana and I mean I got straight A's all, all through college it was unheard of I mean everybody was you know and I'm taking the more advanced like you know chemistries biochem organic chemistries 
uh, physiology, uh, you know, the kind of like medical courses, the pre-med track, it was a pre-dental track, but, um, but all through that, you know, I had a 4.0 and I really attribute that to uh, Choke because it helped me grow as a student and helped me get better. I had no problem sticking my head in a book for two or three hours, pounding out, you know, a couple chapters, grabbing a snack and going back to it. No one else that I knew could do that starting from freshman year. Mm. Um, and, and that kind of, that kind of changed. And it was interesting. The first couple weeks, everyone in my dorm was like, like Doug is this nerd who just doesn't ever go out. And it, and it's not like I never went out. It was just, I made sure I got the studying and before the fun, you know, before I kind of like went out for the night or whatever, I, I put two or three hours in, two or three hours here after class, two or three hours before lunch. It's just like you said, if you want something, you have to dedicate time to it. You've got to be committed to it. And that means, yeah, sacrificing a little bit of fun time with friends or whatnot. But when you put consistently put effort into something, you'd be amazed at what you could achieve. I never thought that I'd have like a 4.0 in undergrad. Um, but yeah, it definitely helped me get into Iowa Dental School and helped me succeed to becoming a dentist. You know, it's interesting because I always saw you as someone who um, was always diligent and it always seemed like things weren't very hard for you. Like I, I felt like we didn't have a lot of classes together at that show, but I remember studying with you, you know, in various, even in your room and what have you. And I just remember looking at you, perfect handwriting, just meticulous concentration. And I was like, this stuff just comes easy for him. Like he just li- literally sits there, goes over it, knows it, and then boom. Um, but you're saying that, you know, you really have to put some work into that. And it, it, you made it seem effortless, but I do think that's, also part of the thing some people look at it and they say oh well it must be easy because this person's putting in work and they're seeing results but you know it takes it takes like you said a lot of dedication a lot of hard work a lot of focus a lot of drive a lot of things that some people have and some people don't have and I, I do think choke was that um that 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 foundational period for us that that training ground for us to go through and really try some things out and you know mess up here mess up there but you know when you come out of that to go to the other schools and really put that into place. Um, it, it just shows that it was exactly where we had to be. So I'm grateful for the, for the experience and clearly you are too. And yeah. I didn't know, cause when I met you, it seemed like you, I know your mother is a dentist. So it seemed like you already knew you wanted to do that. Is that true? Yeah. So I just had the advantage of being the youngest, whereas you're the oldest in your family. Mm-hmm. So I got to see, the things that my older siblings kind of struggled with a little bit. So my oldest sister, Val, she grad, she went to Choate as well. From Choate, she went to Northwestern and she did very well at Northwestern. And then when she graduated, she was kind of in this weird space where my dad was really pushing her to get a job. You got to get a job. Now that you're out of college, you have a degree, you got to get a job. And my sister's like, well, you know, I'm looking at a couple of different places. And my dad's like, yeah, but in the meantime, you know, I don't work at the post office, right? This is kind of his big thing, like um, work and like dedication, like you you have time, you don't get to like blow it off. You just spent, you know, 
over a hundred thousand dollars on education going to Northwestern, you got to, you have to start making money now. This is the real world. Edu- you know, education is over. You got to like rubber to the road moment. And it was kind of like this, I saw Val with such momentum, like come to like a full halt. Like she didn't know where to go after college. And so uh, she did two years in AmeriCorps in Montana, and she really enjoyed that. And she took some classes at Bozeman, uh, and then she tried to get into dental school, and, and then she ended up going into architecture. Well, thankfully, I mean, this all worked out for Val because architecture really, like, spoke to her, and she's an architect now, and she's taught at WashU. Well, she graduated at WashU in St. Louis, and then um, she taught there afterwards. She worked at HOK for a bit, which is kind of a big international architecture firm. Uh, and now she just got a position at UT in, in Utah. So, like, you know, she definitely found her passion. She found her calling. But it took her a couple of years. And during those couple of years, I just saw, like, just tremendous kind of stress and pressure on her where she didn't really have those answers So my approach was always kind of in hindsight, be like, how can I avoid that? So if I start looking into different professions now, then maybe I can kind of be a little bit more guided in terms of what school I go to, what programs that I sign up for, what majors I'm doing. So I can just be, I can flow more into a career as opposed to, you know, scrambling for years afterwards, you know, with that uncertainty, because it kind of scared me. Um, I'm not as smart as my, my Val was, you know, she's brilliant. I'm not getting into Northwestern from, you know, from like, that was like an impossibility. So for her to have so much struggle, I was like, boy, I really, I really need to figure out uh, what's going to work for me. Uh, And so I, I, you know, we learn from the people who come before us, certainly. And being the youngest of my siblings, I kind of took advantage of that. So I was able to say, okay, Augustana College, um, it has a a deferred admit program. So that's after 92 hours of undergrad, you can apply for dental school. And as long as you have some, I think at the time it was like a 365, I think it's like a 38 now, then like you're actually automatically enrolled in that next year, as long as you do well on your dental admissions test, the DAT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as I maintained a 4.0, then it, like that wasn't a problem at all. And I was, you know, automatically accepted into that dental school program. That's incredible. Now, for those of you who are listening, you probably heard that he went to high school with us went to college, and then went straight to grad school. So you did not graduate officially from undergrad. Okay. I, no, I'm a college dropout, actually. <laughs> You're pretty much a college dropout. Did people give you, I mean, it's clearly you, you went on and you are a dentist now, but did anyone give you any flack for not graduating from college? No, no. But I mean, here's the thing is that like, if I were to ever want to go back and let's say teach at a dental school, I, I would need a bachelor's to, to do that. Just like, again, that's just kind of a job requirement. Um, I don't think that they'd let an instructor in that didn't have, a, you know, their bachelor's. And maybe they would, to be completely honest. I, I don't, I don't know. I've never really asked, but um, that, you know, having a, that diploma 
it was, yeah, it, I, I didn't really see the advantage of doing another year. Now, hindsight again, 2020, boy, I missed my senior year of college, which. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I yeah, but like, yeah, actually, not that smart. <laughs> that would have been a fun year. <laughs> you can never get back time, man. That's true. But, Honestly, I did save. Um, I did save a whole year of tuition, which was nice. And then, you know, the automatic acceptance into dental school was, you know, that was great. I had, and I was a wonderful school, uh, great in faculty, uh, good support staff. Yeah, I can't can't say anything bad about it. It was it was it was great. So you you finished school, um, and then you went on to basically take over or work at. It seemed like the family business, right? What was that like? Oh, well, um, uh, so you know this about me, but um, I, I tend to play to my strengths. So mm. the fact that my mom was a dentist, no other siblings were going into dentistry. It was kind of like, hey, uh, I can just like, have a practice that's up and running. I can work with, you know, my mom who'd be a great mentor. She already has an office and a staff and, you know, it would be a very easy transition. And it, and it was, I'm very grateful for my mom. Uh, I'm very grateful for the time that we could work together, work on cases. She's really helped me a lot. Um, clinical aspects, you know, we go back and forth on in terms of different techniques or different materials you know, she takes a lot of classes. I take a lot of continuing education classes. Um, so there's always a lot of talk between us. And I think my family sometimes is like, okay, guys, like no more dental talk. But, you know, it's something that we're both very passionate about. So it's fun to share that passion with someone. Um, and obviously, she's dedicated her entire life to it. And I'm just kind of coming, coming into it from, from the from, you know, from school. Uh, but uh, what I learned more from my mom, though, is really about patient care and like how to treat patients. Um, one thing about my mom's practice is, you know, she was never really focused on money or profits. She was more focused on relationships. You know, she wanted to primarily help people, you know, get better, help people solve their problems. Um, and the money thing was just kind of secondary. Like, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, 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 we charge patients for services, but that was never the primary focus. That was never, uh, that, that would never drove any decision-making. It was always, okay, what's in the best interest for the patient? What would give us the best results? And, you know, will this make it more difficult for the patient or will it make their life better, right? I mean, that's kind of the primary thing that pushes our office forward in terms of, you know, I could call it like a mission statement or something like that is, you know, we're there to, to help people. And I've, and, you'd be surprised, but there's a lot of offices that aren't like that. There's a lot of offices who are profit driven that are only interested in like billing out the most every single time you see a patient and, you know, maximizing, you know, this, that, or the other. And, uh, and again, when the focus is more personal, more relational, you know, like I, I, I I'm interested in seeing patients, but I want to see them over decades and I want to see their kids and I want to see their friends and I want to see their grandparents and, you know, and pretty much just making sure everybody stays healthy as much as I can. And then intervening and, you know, maybe 
stepping in if something is off, you know, someone gets a toothache, someone gets a cavity, you know, then, okay, yeah, we can fix it. But primarily, like, let's get you back on track. And, you know, let's keep your life pretty much problem free. Because here's the reality of dentistry. Nobody really likes coming to the dentist. Now, (laughs) I say that because a lot of patients are like, oh, yeah, we like coming to see you. But, you know, it's a, a very uncomfortable situation when, you know, you're laying back staring up and someone's coming into your mouth you, you know that's 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 just awkward you know it's, it's an awkward situation um but we try to make it as you know relaxing and comfortable as we can realizing that that people are nervous people are scared people sometimes are in pain people are not always the best version of themselves in those sort of situations so you got to give people a little grace right Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, I have patients on my end as well who literally come in and all they want to do is see me. Now we have nine therapists at my job. I'm not better. I think I would never say I'm better than anybody else. You know, we all learn the same things in school. We all know practices, you know, bedside manner, those kind of things, etc. We all know the, the fundamentals. When it comes to relationship, it's really about that. There's no reason why Someone could not see someone else. It's that they don't want to because there's a connection. There's a relationship that's there. And there's a trust that's also there. And I think those things, once you know the foundational stuff when it comes to your clinical practice, great, you have that. But what sets you aside, like you said, is that relationship, that connection. And I think that's what really makes people want to come back, like you said, for years on end, for their family to come and see you, friends, et cetera. That's what makes a difference. And those things are what make you the best, I think, compared to somebody else. So completely agree with you on that one. That is uh, right up my alley. Absolutely. Absolutely. But my mom played such an important role in my life and kind of, you know, developing me not only as like the man that I am, but also like professionally as a dentist. I have to give her a lot of credit for that just because she has influenced me so greatly. You've also influenced me greatly. Oh, I appreciate that, Doug. And shout out to your mom, Miss Chang. We love you so much. Appreciate you for all the work you've done. Now, now, Doug, I know that with COVID-19, things have probably changed a little bit in terms of your practice. Um, how has it affected the world of dentistry? And do you think that this is going to change dentistry for the future? You know, that's really interesting. I don't really have the answers for in terms of like predicting future care. Um, I can tell you what I, what I can tell you what I'm doing in my practice. So um, the number one thing, as I said, is just like, we want to make sure people are taken care of. So if they're coming in the door, we want to make sure that it's a safe environment for them. I don't want people coming into my clinic and getting sick. So um we doing things that I'm sure a lot of offices, you know, physical therapists or whatever, they're doing, people are waiting in their cars. They're not even coming in the waiting room, um, which, you know, kind of helps space things out. We have a separate entrance and a separate exit. So people aren't kind of crisscrossing as they're coming and going. Obviously, hand sanitizer at every single door, basically, at, uh, at this point. Um, and then because of like the nature of dentistry you know we're working in people's mouths we're you know we're we're actually producing aerosols um of like the oral cavity which could potentially have that infectious virus in it um 
we want to make sure that the rest of the office is also protected as well. So what I did is I installed in exhaust fans in every single operatory um, just to capture any sort of floating particles. Because the heavy droplets, okay, they're going to come up, they're going to fall down, they're going to be on the countertops, which get wiped down, they're going to be on the floor, you know. So things are going to generally be safe. However, uh, and I think the CDC just last week said that they have shown COVID, the virus that caused COVID-19, to be a air, airborne transmission just recently that, that they, they said they always had potential to be, but now it actually has been shown to be a possible airborne pathogen. Um, but we just assumed that it was. So all staff has uh, N95 uh, respirators that they have to get fit checked and they have to maintain, or, we, you know, we have a respiratory protection program in, in place that we maintain the respirators, but they are responsible to, to make sure it's sealing correctly, fitting correctly, um, as well as like that environmental protections, like I said, because those little micro droplets that were in the aerosol, you have to be careful because those things do not necessarily obey laws of physics, right? They kind of linger a little bit longer than they should. They go a little bit further than you think they should be able to um, because they follow more dynamic glass, uh, gas cloud dynamic gas cloud uh, physics where they just kind of float and linger and sometimes they go up and sometimes they go down. So if you have more of an environmental control and you have kind of directional airflow that's constantly creating like a negative pressure and sucking everything out, we're not worried about it spraying 20, 30 feet into, you know, the hallways. Um, We're kind of keeping everything more contained. Now, when I did that initially, maybe it was a little bit of overkill, but like I said, dentistry, you know, we don't like to have people in pain, but we don't want to be uh, an area where people are catching virus and getting sick in the community either. So I thought maybe if we go really kind of over and above what some of the CDC guidelines are in terms of safe practices, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Maybe, you know, we, we're down for three months anyways, the Illinois Department of Public Health shut us down for three months, just said no one can see a dentist except for like extreme emergencies. But offices cannot be open and, you know, be running as normal. So during that shutdown, it was kind of like, OK, maybe we regroup and figure out if we open how to do that in the safest way possible for everybody. So implementing new protocols and new environmental controls and personal protection is just kind of what we got to do. Yeah. So that's, that's how we maintain that safe environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing the same things in, in PT. Clearly we're not as, I would say frontline ish as you are clearly you're directly in contact with people and, and with the pathogen, pathogen being airborne, that is a direct um, threat, if you will, to you. But I'm glad that you guys are taking the precautions to do that. And I think it's safe to let people know that they're good to go back to the dentist. They're good to go back to these places that are open and safe and that, you know, you guys are diligently working to make sure that your environments are safe for other people. We do this here at my job, and I, I, get, I get frustrated sometimes because we're doing so much, you know, just to make sure that everyone is safe and people still complain. Um, people still have the reservations. I can completely understand those things, but it's, it's not going to be normal for everyone. It's, we're, it's not going to be normal for a while. I think anywhere you go, it's going to be different. It's going to be um, different for a while for all of these healthcare professions and people need to be a little more um, 
a little more uh, adaptable to recognizing that they need to be a little more patient um, to recognize that it's going to be a, a bit before we get back to our sense of normalcy um, and to be a little more apathetic, I think, to the fact that we're all trying to make this work for everyone. So, you know, I, I hope and pray that these, these things do get better over time um, and that as COVID continues to decrease certain areas that we get back to a sense of normalcy. But in the meantime, I do think, like you said, precautions are on the, on the table. We're doing all those things. And I'm glad you guys are being safe out there. Uh, you guys are really, really necessary to our society um, to make sure we, we get this going. And um, as, a, as a dad who has a daughter who just had her first tooth come out uh, last week, um, it's, it's, it's more imperative now than ever before to make sure she has proper dental care. So um, thankful for all your service and what you do. And um, I know you've served... Um, not just as the director of your company, but also on a number of trustee positions. What's the Illinois State Dental Society trustee? Um, what, what is that exactly? What's it, what's it entail? So Illinois State Dental Society is like the state dental society in Illinois. Um, we don't really have any regulatory uh, or man- like we can't mandate. We can't make things happen, but we kind of lobby Springfield uh, just concerning like the Dental Practice Act. So we want to like make sure like only dentists can um, own dental practices, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Those kind of safety precautions, first and foremost, that's kind of probably the most important part of the Illinois State Dental Society is that is that like kind of lobbyist component, just to have our voices out there in case something does come up. Um, you know, we're sort of unified either for or against it. Um, yeah, that, that, that's pr- primarily what it is. But there's also like a continuing education aspect. There's also um, a community service ac- aspect where um, they do like a mission of mercy every year, uh, which is basically like a free dental clinic day where, you know, they bus people in and, you know, we provide free dental services for people who are underserved um, throughout the whole state and kind of moves. uh, I think they do one a year and it kind of moves throughout the state. So Mm -hmm. like, it's not just, just in the Chicago area. Sometimes we go down to like Springfield or sometimes out in Rockford or sometimes it's up North and North suburbs. So it kind of moves around a little bit, but it's like one day where like all the kind of dentists can kind of throughout the state can volunteer their time and, yeah, do a lot of good for the community and, and the state in which they live. Um, recently, they've put together like um, a veterans salute um, where, you know, you kind of volunteer. It's a turnkey event where you volunteer your office and veterans can, you know, come in and, you know, receive free dental care. Sometimes it's, you know, pulling an infected tooth or sometimes it's just a checkup and cleaning. And other times, you know, you're making, you know, a full denture for them basically kind of whatever, whatever they need. Um, so it, it's really, it's, it has a very strong community service component to it as well. And then it's just like a lot of camaraderie, right? You get to meet people who are faced with similar challenges on a daily basis as you are. Um, dentistry is, there are more group practices in dentistry, but historically anyways, it's been a very isolated practice where it's like one dentist and, you know, they run that whole office, but they work by themselves besides, you know, maybe an assistant or a hygienist or something like that. So just an opportunity of dentists get, getting together, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts about, you know, how things are going. Um, 
and especially with uh, like third-party payers, you know, PPOs and things like that, dental insurance stuff, it's, it's important to have kind of a unified voice to say, hey, you know what, this is going in the right direction, or hey, we need to maybe reevaluate this. So those are kind of some of the things that, as a trustee, um, I think there are, um, might be wrong about this, I believe there are 12 trustees for the ISDS mm-hmm. um, and the executive board. Um, and so we just kind of, uh, we tackle these things. Most recently, um, I'm on the subcommittee for um, the association health plan. So we're trying to get together um, a health plan because like I said, we're, you know, we're not like a big company like Walmart or Boeing where we can talk to health insurance and say, Hey, you know, we want a, you know, a good rate or a good plan. Everyone is basically on individual plans. Even a big office of say 20 or 30, 40 employees is not going to get a good plan from like, you know, a blue cross blue shield or United healthcare concord or, you know, healthcare. So, um, with an association plan, we may be able to like bring, you know, a couple of thousand people together and now, okay, now we can start negotiating with the multi-billion dollar companies, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So there's different aspects of it. It keeps me busy. No, it sounds great. I know you're super busy with all the work, uh, trustee stuff. I know you're an avid golfer and a father and a father, not of just one, but a four four children. Uh, what's a typical day like? I know you have a hectic day at the job doing surgeries, working with patients, and then you come home and you have a very atypical lifestyle with such a big family. What's a typical day in the Chang household like? Uh, just, just give us a glimpse into what that looks like for us. Well, so, you know, uh, my wife is pretty amazing. So she, she handles the four kids very well all day long. And especially now, you know, they're doing the online learning. So they're not even leaving the house. Um, so she kind of helps them with their schooling, making sure that they're logged into the appropriate classrooms at the appropriate times and helping them with their assignments. Um, so she, she does, a, she does the majority of the work throughout the day. We always do try to sit down and have dinner as a family. Cause that's something that we've always done. Uh, growing up, like just getting together for dinner time, even if it's even if it's a quick dinner, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever, just time together as a family to talk about things, share stories, um, you know, because I feel like sometimes things do come up that would otherwise be missed. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of the good stuff. That's like that. I look forward to that every single night sitting down with my kids and talking to them about um, talking to them about their day, the, you know, friends. Uh, difficulties at school or not difficulties, not just difficulties, but maybe successes at school, things that they're doing really well at. Um, It's important for everybody to hear that, I feel like, too, because, you know, it just kind of goes to show not everybody has a perfect life or not everybody has a perfect day. Everyone struggles with this or that or the other and, you know, celebrate the, the good times and, you know, band together and endure the hard times. Absolutely. I love the fact that you guys are coming together for dinner time. We try to do the same thing on our end, and especially during this time where you know family is just so important. Um, it's a good time to, to really find time to do that consistently. So well done. And Kristen, kudos to you, as always, for being the best. You have to give credit to Kristen. She's, she's amazing. And, and, and to this point, since, 
since high school, so you've known me for a long time. She has really stabilized my life. I mean, she's really kind of brought a sense of, you know, home and just she organizes everything so amazingly well. She's so compassionate. Um, she's so, she just, she gives, 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 gives just seemingly endlessly. It's one of the most amazing things. I, I have to give her so much, so much credit for that. And I mean, you're married to an amazing woman too, right? Pi? Yes, sir. How has Pi like, how has Pi affected you, Sean? Oh, wow. Here we go. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's literally, that'd be a whole podcast by itself, to be honest. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have her actually as the last guest on the show for um, this season, but she's influenced me. I mean, the, the reason it's a podcast to begin with is because of her. Uh, be More Today is is really a, a product of her pushing me to recognize what I want to do and, and showing me how to get it done in a way that is um, successful and attractive. And to be honest, she's my biggest critic, you know? So um, there've been many people who come through and they'll say whatever you want to hear. They'll give you the kudos you want to hear. They'll like all your things. And she's not like that. She'll tell you what's going on, you know, where you can work on, what you can work on, what you should be doing. And, and that's what's made me a better person just because she really puts that, that honestly touch on it. And um, there's no way I could get through this or even with my daughter without her really holding us down. She's been the rock of our family. So yes, kudos to the wives. Kudos to the wives. <laughs> we we are both married to amazing, amazing women. Yes, yes. As one of my guests said, we married up. So we, mar- <laughs> <laughs> we married up. We married up. If you are just joining us at this time, this is episode 31 of the Be More Today show, I'm here with Doug Chang. He is the owner of Chang Dental Center, uh, my Chote Rosemary Hall boy, uh, just recently turned 40 years old. He's an avid golfer and he is a Chicago Bears fan. Now, Chicago just beat the Buccaneers this past weekend or this past Thursday. So he's super excited about that. And um, Doug, I got to ask you, as I've asked everybody, you've been integral in helping me develop Be More Today. You were there from the, its inception. We had our first Kickstarter back in 2014. You were there and you guys gave, your family gave. I really appreciated it. We were under a different name and um, you've always been someone who supported me no matter what. Um, and, you know, just like my wife is very, very honest about what I'm doing. You know, we have a, a band of friends who are very honest about what we do. And it's good to have friends who will tell you what's up you know, who will just tell you what's good, what's not good, you know, when you are the worst and when you're, and when you're killing it. And, you know, we've always been cordial. We've always had hard conversations, um, but we've always clearly stayed together and been able to move forward. And um, Be More Today is an epitome of all those things together. So I have to ask you again, when you hear the phrase, Be More Today, sir, what does Be More Today mean to you? Be More Today. So... Be more today to me means it's never too late to do better. As long as you are alive and breathing, you have time to improve yourself. And it doesn't mean that you always have to get it right. Sometimes it's just acknowledging that you're doing something wrong so that the next time it comes along, you do better next time. And then the next time you do a little bit better than that. And it's that gradual progression towards greatness. I think 
sometimes people expect that they are great and they don't need to necessarily improve themselves. Or maybe people don't know how to necessarily improve themselves. But I think the first step is that acknowledgement of this is where I'm at now, but this is not necessarily what where I have to be tomorrow or the day after that. That I want to be moving towards a goal. I need to be better tomorrow than I am today. Well, to me, that more today is. And I, I got a I got a story about that too. If you don't mind me talking about this, so this is really stupid. Okay, I, and I'm sorry about this, Sean. But this is a this is this actually happened to me. So we live very different lives, right? Like you're in New York City, hustle bustle, 10 million people. When I was in Iowa, there's, there's just not a lot of homeless people in Iowa. You, 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 not in Iowa City anyways, right? That's kind of like the college town and, you know, people who are very well educated and, and motivated and go-getters of, of the entire state. Not a lot of homeless people. I was driving, I was late, it was late, I was hungry, I had a test tomorrow, and I realized it was like, you know, 8.30 at night, I hadn't eaten dinner, and so I jumped in my car, and I was driving to Burger King, and I passed a homeless person, when I, you know, he was at the stoplight, I was stopped, I had $20 in my wallet that I was gonna, you know, get a, you know, Whopper or whatever, whatever with, and and I didn't roll down my window. I didn't give any money. And I just, you know, I took a left and I drove to Burger King. But as soon as I pulled away, like my heart sunk, like it sunk down into my chest. And I was like, this person totally needs food. He needs money. He's in like a dire situation. And it felt like, I felt like I kind of failed. You know, like I always kind of imagine because we're both Christians, right? You know, our faith is a big part of our lives. Like, what if that was God standing on the corner, you know, in a, in a man's body, asking for help, and I just drove past him? You know, I was, like, mortified. And so from that time forward, I'm like, every time I, like, pass somebody who's asking for help, if I have any money in my pocket, I, I give it to them, right? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to waste money. Oh, they're just going to go buy drugs with it. That's not my problem. My problem is I got to make sure that I do the right thing. And like, when they say, thank you, or, you know, oh, you know, God, you know, thank you so much. I say, no, God bless you. Like, this is like, this is kind of what our purpose is in this world is just to like, do good and help people around us. In the most basic way, I mean, you do it through physical therapy, I do it through dentistry, but, you know, if someone's there asking for help, you, you should help them. Like, I feel very strongly about that. So, anyways, and, and again, I know it's kind of silly because in New York City, there's, there's you know, a lot of homeless people, and you, you see that a lot, but for me, it was just kind of like this stark realization, like, wow, I just, like, rolled up my window and went about my way, and... I absolutely should not do that. And again, it was one of these kind of key moments in my life. So the other day we were um, coming out of, I think we saw like Disney on ice or something with like, with the kids, a big long line of traffic. And there was a homeless person coming down the medium. He was asking for money. And, you know, sometimes people would stop or whatever. And I rolled down the windows and I think I gave him, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. And 
my kids were in the car and my kids were like, dad, why did you guys, why did you just give that guy money? And Sean, it sparked a conversation that I'm so glad I had with my kids. And that conversation was just like what we are supposed to do. How are we supposed to treat people who are in need? How, like, how do we interact in the world around us? What role do we play? Because the decisions that we make right now affect our future in ways that you don't necessarily know. Like, you can't understand that. But if you put good out there, good will come back around always. And it's not, well, what is he going to do with it? I, I don't know. That's not my problem. He needs help and he's asking for help. And so I'm there to help him. Like, that's what, like, my purpose here on this earth is. Like, we are to be a testament for God's will. And that is the best way at this moment I can show someone, like, God's will yeah. is just with generosity. We have, they need, we should help. Yeah. And I was so grateful that I failed in Iowa because it allowed me to have that moment with my kids. So when you say like, be more today, that really speaks to me because if I never had that moment, if I never had that failure in Iowa, that moment would never have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's like the mentality that's like super important of, you know, even if it's a total failure, Sometimes just recognizing your shortcomings and saying, okay, next time that comes up, I'm going to do better. That will always make you better in the long run. Absolutely. I, I, I think having your kids observe that, like you said, is, is a bigger piece because now you're talking about a generational more, right? And you have four kids. That, that's potentially four families that will go out 20 years from now and possibly do the same thing for somebody else. And you know, even though in, in New York we have a bigger uh, variety and a bigger number of homeless people or people who are, need things, um, you know, I, I had I had the same the same experience. I I, I give whatever I can. Um, a lot of people, like you said, will sit there and, well, what are you doing? And it's, it's the funny thing about it is usually Christians who say that kind of stuff about <laughs> why are you giving to them, what are they going to do with it, you know. Because they think they need something bad with it, but it had nothing to do with that. To be honest, it's really about just giving and doing, like you said, doing the deed and letting God do the rest. Because that's what it's really about. Um, I, 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 I mean, this is why we connect. We connect on, on various levels, but um, it's funny because our our religious connections we talk about every now and then, but we've always lived them out together. Um, so it's funny whenever we have had conversations, like, oh yeah. We think the same on that thing. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, so yeah, that 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 is the epitome of what more is. And you know, like I always say on these shows, everybody just did that. If we have more community or competition, man, we can make a better place. So you do it in Illinois, I'll do it here in New York, and hopefully the rest of the world does it. And by the time we see each other again, we're in a better position in this world. Yeah. But you a lot of credit for that too because i mean i told you that my mom kind of introduced me to christianity and you would you know your mom and my mom are actually surprisingly similar in that capacity like very strong-willed women you know very devout christians 
very central to their lives, you know, and it kind of allowed us again to, to follow lead by, you know, follow their lead. Um, but I have to tell you, like when I was at Choate, I was so impressed how you would like pray with your mom every night on the phone together. Like that, like touched me in a way that like, I don't know if I ever explained that to you before, but it, it, I, it was so profound to me that you would sit and have a prayer with your mom every single night before you went to bed, not only for you, but for her too. And it was just like such this like incredible connection. And you had such strength and such pride in your faith that I never really witnessed that before. And we've talked about some of, you know, the shortcomings of the the church community. Um, but you've always had such a strong faith and you've always had such a strong belief. Um, it was like one of the first times I was like, wow, like, I really admire that about this guy. Like he's, he's onto something like this is, this is something that's really real. And I, I do like part of the reason I have the relationship with Christ that I do is definitely because of you. Wow. Wow. That's, that's big. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, it has nothing to do with me, clearly, but I do appreciate that. And uh, no, but you see it in your life, right? You know, you know, your life is so full. Your life is so blessed. You see so much of the fruit of the spirit in your life. Yeah. That, of course, it is. Anyone who meets you recognizes it instantly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I, I always try to let people know that it's not me. Uh, oh, you're great. I'm like. Mm. I am, but it comes from somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it comes from a, a higher thing. So I, I, I appreciate that. And it's, it is good to know that people are, 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 are watching. You know, my, my mom, we did that all through high school and in college, to be honest. When I was in college, we did it for every night. <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, you know, people who didn't know me in school were like, are you talking to your mom every single night? And I had just gotten cell phones at that time, too. So it was a whole, like, other thing. So it could be anywhere. But it, it really helped me down. It really grounded me. And, um, you know, I think that's that's something that I am going to instill in my daughter as well. We, we pray every night, me and my daughter, too. And I, I think, again, that generational thing that goes on, you know, you instill it in your kids and then they want to do it for their kids. And it just carries on. It carries on for generations to generations. So it's those things that we have to continue to plant. And I think that um, if we keep doing that, again, we can make this world a better place. We just have to all do it and do it continuously. So I appreciate yeah. it. That's real nice of you to say. Um, so I wrote this book, as you know, Be More Today, A 40 Guide to a Better Version of You. You brought a copy of it. I appreciate you so much, as always. Great book, great book. And uh, In the book, we talk about these steps of greatness. So it's things you want to start doing, stop doing, and any goals you may have for your life. I'm curious, Dr. Chang, uh, if there's something that this year you have or wanted to start stop and any goal you may have had for 2020 that is still happening or you want it to happen for next year? Yeah. So the, the thing that I want to start doing and it's kind of stopped too at the same time is basically just be more present because what I have found I, I've caught myself doing is that when I come home from work, I'm exhausted from interacting with my patients. Um, you know, it's, it's physically straining, but it's also really mentally exhausting to be present for your patients as they're kind of complaining to you about 
oh, this is sensitive over here. And, you know, you choose, so you're trying to be very empathetic and, you know, trying to be there present for your patients that when I come home, a lot of times I'm just kind of, kind of done, you know, and, 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 and it's so easy to just like pick up your phone and start scrolling and you, you read some interesting stories about what's happening around the world. And, but meanwhile, life is going on around you and you're missing it. So one of the things that I've purposely trying to do is, you know, I keep my ringer on, but I, I just put the phone away and like try to interact with my kids, try to interact with my wife as much as possible, even though you're tired, even though you're exhausted, because I mean, otherwise you're missing the good stuff of life. You know, that's, you get caught up with social media and, and, you know, it's so easy to do because it's like, oh, you know, I like video games or, uh, you know, I like, you know, exercises. And then there's an endless supply of things that you can learn. And now like you're engaged and they got cute little videos and they got great music and, but you're, that's not real. That's not real. That's not in the moment. That's not the important stuff. Yeah. recognizing what's important and then like being aware and being a present when it's happening. That's what I need to work on. Yeah. Mm. The other thing is, and again, you know this about me very well. So I started exercising because of you I started mm. exercising and I'm exercising not every day, but maybe five days a week. So that's pretty good. I feel like that's it's pretty great. Good. That's great. Pretty. But I don't, um, so I have a really weak butt and I tend to avoid it because it's really weak and I don't <laughs> like doing it. Someone told me about this reverse plank. Do you know this? Uh, yes. Like your hands are behind you and then like your legs are out in front of yeah. you. And it's, basically, and like it's a hollow body hold. Tabletop sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. I can't do it. Like, I, I literally, I can't do it. I, I, I was at, um, this was actually before COVID as I, I saw a friend at the gym and he's like, Oh, let's do this Pilates thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 So we're in this class. It was me and him and like 40 other women uh-huh. and they, they could do it amazingly well. And I couldn't do it at all. <laughs> you always make fun of me. Cause I never had like a, butt. I just, just very flat, just a lot of flat. <laughs> so like, like I said, you, you, you can't ignore like the weaknesses in yourself. <laughs> But this is a like even physical therapy, right? Like if if you're lopsided, if you're not balanced, you're going to get injured, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, like if you're not balanced, there's going to be problems. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the other thing I got to do. I got to do like just I don't know. I got to talk to you at another time. Is you can show me some like butt exercises, some squats, or yeah, yeah. You know, we'll talk I don't know. About it. Yeah, no, that that's something. Hey, you're absolutely right about the weaknesses. You work on the weaknesses. To avoid injuries, to avoid issues, you got to have balance, all that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the fact you're working out five days a week, that's that's more than many. That's exactly what you need to do. No more than that, really. That, that's fantastic. And uh, you can work on the on the glute stuff. We'll, we'll get you back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but, that's, that's just know. me. I'm a clown. I'm working on that. Um, now, is that is that the goal for the year? <laughs> that's your goal. <laughs> This is like, see, sometimes, Sean, you, you set me on these courses. Like, remember, like, when I was like, my goal is to beat you at cross country? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, so 
I don't even know. <laughs> but this is why I said, Doug, you're that guy who, no matter what, you're like, you know what? I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. I mean, not for nothing, folks. This is the guy who we were in Jamaica and I literally saw him dive off of this like 250 feet. I don't even know. How. It was it was big. It was 100 foot like uh, uh, it was a ravine. It was like into the water, but it was like 100 feet up and you just dove. You had not even gone to the bottom to see how deep it was. We're in, we're in, where were we? It was for the grind. We were on the grind. We were on the grind. When the grind yeah. was a show. For those of you who are out of this age range, the grind was a show on MTV where people just danced. Uh, and you watch people dance. They show videos. They had music. We were actually on the grind in Jamaica, uh, 1999, spring break. So we're out there. We're dancing. Doug has like no shirt on. He's got a hat on. And he's a diver. So he decides that I'm going to dive. There are people diving off of this ravine into the water in Jamaica. Now, I don't know if it's Ultra Rios or Negril. I forget where we were. Um, but he says, I can do that. Because someone had done it. And he said, I'm gonna, I can do that. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I know Doug can do a lot of things. But not if, but why? Like, why, why are you going to do that? But he had to show that he could do it. He went over there. And I, you were there for like a couple seconds. Like you didn't even like really prep yourself. You got up there, like you were on a diving board and you just dove into this ravine, like in Jamaica and you did it. And it's that kind of stuff where I'm like, yo, this guy just literally, you can't tell him that he can't do anything. He is going to find a way to do it and do it well. Now our other friend, uh, Parak, who was on the show also did that and did not land as eloquently as you did in the water. <laughs> But he still did it anyway. My point is, you are fearless. And I, I think that just is a testament to all the stuff that you talked about in the show, about your parents, about your mom, um, about the uh, uh, the foundation you had from school, about your drive just to really push yourself and to recognize that when you could do, even the studying thing, when you could do that, you did it well. Um, and, you know, even when you said, yeah, I'm going to work out. Most people say, yeah, I'll work out. They'll work out a couple of days. They'll build themselves up. No, you're working out five days a week. You're getting things in. Like you're all or none kind of a guy. And I think that's why we connect uh, and have always connected on that on that tip, just to make sure that if we're going to do it, we're going to do it till the wheels fall off and we're going to we're going to kill it. So um, I'm, I'm excited that you're just doing so well. And as your 40th birthday, I had to have you on the show just to let the rest of the world know how awesome you are. So. Thanks, man. You're part of the reason I am working out as much as I am. Because I was like, you know, with kids, you get tired, you know. And then it's very easy to just at the end of the day, I'm just going to like relax on the couch because yeah. I earned it. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, right. I'm physically exhausted. Yeah. But it's just like that force. Like, no, no, you can go a little bit longer. And you know what? You certainly can. Absolutely. There's always more, you know. And you actually feel better after working out than if you would have just stayed on the couch absolutely 100 percent of the time that happens to me yeah and i need to do better on the in the roomness as well and that's that's been one of my starts this year just to say like you said when you come home just turn things off and just be there for the family um someone had mentioned not on the show but just mentioned to me that they're superman at their job and they're clark kent at home and i really want to be superman at my job and at home too so um, that can be our mutual goal for this year, for sure. Um, so, Sean, you are one of the most driven people I know. Where where does this drive come from? Like, what what are your inspirations? Hmm. My inspirations, for the most part, are, are 
I mean, they, they really come from a sense that time is short. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people in my life come and go. Um, and I've been exposed to so many awesome people, like so many people who have done amazing things, you know, from, from high school to college, before that, just people who were just um, really going out there and doing things. And I was always one who wanted to be a Renaissance man, someone who did everything well. Um, and even when I was a kid, I wanted to make sure if I saw a piano in the room, I want to be able to at least play it just in case someone's in the room and they want to hear someone play the piano, I'm going to be that guy, you know? And, and I, I said, I'm going to just try everything because life is precious, man. Life is so short. People say life is long, but life is short. Life is really short. And we've seen that with COVID-19, how precious life can be. Um, when we lose family members who were here yesterday and they're gone you know, the next day. So I've always had this drive just to say that I'm going to live life to the fullest. And, um, I, I think I've done a pretty good job on, on, on doing that. Um, but the drive is really, like you said, my mom instilled that in me. Um, my dad instilled that in me. Uh, and it's just a fire that's been lit. It's been lit since I was a kid. And I've applied it to everything from athletics and academics to, you know, the Be More Today thing, which is, it's, it's my baby, but it's something that, you know, we don't have to do. Uh, we do it because people are inspired by it. And we like to highlight people who, as I always say on the show, are ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So um, the one thing I will say that is my biggest inspiration is that a lot of my patients, as you probably see is in your profession as well, they come with fear. And I think fear is that one thing that cripples everyone. So when I see people who I know can be awesome, uh, I know can be great. I know they can do what they say they can't do, but they're being held back by fear. It makes me just try to find a way to get, them over that and I do for my patients because that's what we do every day we just you know someone comes in they had a surgery my job is to make sure they can get over their fear and believe that they can get better and show them how to do that and that's all be more today is we're just trying to really show people that they can be fearless and that they can really face their fears and and be what they want to be do what they want to do there's no reason why um like even for me you and I have talked about me having my own business there's no reason why I can't have my own clinic you know, and that's, that's one of my goals too. I, I want to do that. Part of there, part of that issue is that there is fear and I have to get over that myself, not fearing that I can't do it, but just fear that what if it doesn't go well? What if for whatever reason we don't, aren't profitable? You know, what if with all the student loans that we have and some high school and all these things that it doesn't become what it needs to be. But this is the, the, the foundation for facing those things, for laying down the foundation to say, you know what, make the plan make the plan, take the steps and, and, and you can do it. And I'm, you know, this, this show really feeds me be more today feeds me more than I think it feeds others. And I, I know you keep saying that I've helped you a number of times, but literally hearing your story and the stories of others and seeing all the friends I've known for years who've gone on and done again, extraordinary things. Um, it just drives me more to say, yeah, why not me too? So um, that's my drive. That's my drive. And I think I'm just going to continue to keep driving until, like I said, until the wheels fall off. Yeah. And what you should realize too, is that if, and when you do open your clinic, the best thing about you, Sean, is that, I mean, you like you said, you are good as a physical therapist, but you offer so much more to people naturally just being you. That's a benefit to them and their lives than just the physical therapy. And that's something that you can't just go somewhere else to find. 
That's yeah. like a very unique trait that you have and you have always had to touch people's lives and to make it better. So and if, if you include a physical therapy component as well, that's even, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. I'm sure you're going to be successful with that. Thanks. So, so then let me ask you this because you like, you seem pretty fearless. What keeps you up at night? In terms of like fears? Yeah. Like what runs through your head? What runs through my head is... Sleepless nights. <laughs> well, I don't really have sleepless nights. I'm not going to lie to you. I knock out. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> no, there's nothing. Nothing. No, I don't. I, I literally... I, I do what you do. I'm with people. I'm, I'm giving my all. It's like, ah! And I get home and literally like computer, I go on sleep mode. And that's it. Like, there's a, there's no fear of anything. There's no feeling of, oh, what should I have done? I feel like I give my all every single day. And I feel like I use, I mean, like Zig Ziglar said in, in the quotation today, 24 hours. I use all of that 24 hours. Yeah. It's really 20, It's really like 18 hours. I sleep for about six hours a night. Um, but it's, I use all of that time, literally, to the minute. Like, you know, because you have scheduling. So when you have patients, you're literally on a schedule from whatever time you start to whatever time you end. And then now that I'm commuting back and forth from home, what have you, so I get picked up from school at a certain point in time, I'm on a schedule until I get home. And even when I get home, there's a schedule for her to eat, take a bath, do her hair, get ready for bed. We're in bed by a certain time. So I usually pass out with her. I'm not going to lie to you. Like around 9 o'clock, 8.30, I'm in bed. And I'll wake up at 4 or 5. And that's why I'm up because I slept at the same time my daughter did. And then I get up and I do my work when the house is quiet, when there's no one around. Um, and my day starts early. And I like that because I can get all my stuff done and I really use all the time of the day. I'm not watching TV or if I'm watching, it's really watching me while I'm doing something. Um, I use every single minute and yeah, there's, there's no, there's nothing that keeps me up because literally I am knocked out. <laughs> so. But any final tips, thoughts, advice that you want to share, Dr. Chang, Doug Chang, my boy, um, to aspiring dentists, um, or to anyone that you think may have an issue with either fear or using their time adequately while they're here on this earth, um, giving back anything, any final tips you want to share? No, I mean, you know, I just, I, from an academic standpoint, I would say, and I saw, I saw this a lot with my friends too, don't waste your college years is like, that's kind of what I would recommend generally. But what I mean by that is take the time, even like high school and while you're in college, to, to see a lot of the world. Figure out where you see yourself, what you want to do, understand why you want to do it, and then dedicate your time in school working towards those goals. Because too often, I, with my friends too, it's like they go through school because they're supposed to. Then they're paying thousands of dollars to go to college. And the classes that they take, some of them are prereqs. Others that they sign up for are majors that they're good at. And that's why I'm taking it. Well, majors that you are good at aren't necessarily going to help you find a you know, lead you into the job that you want to have. But if you find the job that you want to have first, 
then you're at school for a reason. You're working towards that goal. You understand why it's important to take these subjects, even though you may not like it or be inherently good at them, you still put forth that effort because the ultimate goal is that job or it's that graduate school or it's that, that placement that wherever that, that career path is, it's for a purpose. So if you're going through school because, you know, you're supposed to, you, you might have some difficulties coming out the other end and kind of being a little bit lost. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I would recommend. Well said. Well said. Doug, where can people connect with you, um, either on social media or otherwise? Oh, um, so social media. I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. Um, but as I said before, I'm trying to do less and less of social media. Um, my email is info at changdentalcenter.com if anybody has any dental questions. Um, I do love dentistry. That's what I've dedicated my life to studying. Um, and just, you know, we're talking about be more today as it applies to life. But in fact, I apply that to my practice as well, where I'm always kind of looking in terms of what can I do better? How can I make this more painless? How can I make this quicker so the patient's mouth isn't open so wide for so long? You know, all these kind of things um, that just we want to be the best that we can be at any given time. And if you adopt that principle in your head from Be More Today, I think you'll be very successful. Awesome. Awesome. Doug, happy birthday, homie. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Sean. Bears, go bears. Um, folks, don't forget our quotation from today from Zig Ziglar. Lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. So go out there and be more today. The Be More Today show is in the books, number 31. And as you guys know, Be More Today is everywhere. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. So like us on all those mediums. And of course, our website is the same, bemoretoday.com where you can get my book, you can check out our music uh, and all things for our, our podcast information. Of course, the book is also on Amazon. So go on there and check it out as well. You can also go on YouTube and see our workouts. I've been putting out workouts every single Sunday for you guys. So if you have 45 minutes or even half an hour for a little workout, go on and be more today on YouTube and check out all the workouts we have on there. They will keep you always on the move. For those of you who are runners and are bikers, our Strava group is in effect. So if you have the Strava app, go on Strava. Be more today. You can join our group and we can track each other, see who's doing what when it comes to their mileage, their biking, um, and just keep people moving forward. And we put these shows actually every single Monday on the Strava app. So if you want to hear the show while you're doing a little runner or jog, you can definitely do that. Be More Today's show is on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Google Play. And currently, folks, we are in 25 countries, 25 countries. So good. And all thanks to your love and support. So if you do want to support Be More Today, there's a support box that's on our website. Um, it says the donation box. If you want to donate anything to the cause or to see other people on the show, you can always do that. And we are looking for sponsors. If you do want to do sponsorship, where we're going to start advertising you guys in terms of local events, local businesses on the Be More Today show. So the list has already begun. If you want to be on that list, email us at bemore. That's bemore, the number two day at gmo.com or on all of our social media platforms. 
The Words for Life podcast is every single Wednesday with my boy T. Farrell. So check him out. And as always, folks, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. I'm gonna be a better version of you.